everybody. Welcome aboard the Championship Express. I'm your host, Jamie. Unfortunately, Rob isn't with us today. He's doing stuff at home. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. But I have managed to get two guests on for us. Um, the first of all is Dan Luke Ashby. That was right, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, that's right, yeah. How are you? You are right? Yeah, not bad. Um, just coming off a really, really good game week. Um, I think we're doing this just past Brentford and Rotherham's game on Wednesday. Um, on the goal fest, I'm on 174 minus four. Um, so, yeah, looking good this week. Um, onwards and upwards. See, you're right by me in ranking. If I knew you were going to have a good week, I wouldn't have invited you on today. <laughs> I don't want people outshining me, but talking of people outshining me, our second guest um, is Angus McPhail. Um, a lot of you might have seen him in the standards. He is fourth overall in the world. How are you, Angus? Uh, yeah, not bad. Thanks, mate. Um, having another good week on the Golf Fest uh, after the keeper auto sub I'll have them on 162 minus four so another good week see you two are taking the limelight off me because I was excited <laughs> to record today because I'm on goal fest as well and as we stand right now I am on 167 on the goal fest and I'm thinking brilliant and then you two have come on and basically <laughs> match me and beat me so yeah not really too happy about that <laughs> um who's got your points for you then Dan um, well, Tony, Tony, Canos, um, Buchanan stepped up, Keeper Moore, single game week. So even Etheridge, 10 points. So, yeah, just a re- really good week ov- overall. Obviously, Buendia has let the side down. Um, but yeah, can't moan too much. Like I said, I feel like I'm in a good position to attack the next, next few game weeks. Right. What about you, Angus? Who's got your points? Uh, so obviously Tony Captain, Sergi Canos, uh, Max Ahrens, uh, Adam Armstrong, and then uh, Crooks taking his total to eight today. Um, special mention for Vice Captain Buendia as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people with the armband and even Vice Captain on Buendia. I'd got him, but I didn't stick it on. I completely forget. I do it every week, and Rob always takes the make out of me. I forget that your captains don't come into effect when playing the boost, so I put it on Tony, um, vice-captain on Solanke and Rico Henry, emergency, but it hasn't really mattered. But when I look at my team in front of me, I'm on 167, but it doesn't look that many. The goal fest has really helped me this week, and it's the first time I've played it, and it's a brilliant boost if you can get it right, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I've got quite a few on it this week, fortunately. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many goals I've got from it, but I think seven or eight, so that's 35 to 40 points extra. So it's done me the world of good. At the moment, I'm ranked near Dan. I'm 67th overall as we stand right now. Hopefully, we might have a little jump or two um, once all the points are added. But, yeah, I'll definitely take that going into game week 28 next week. Um so that's how 27, that's how they've gone. There might be a few more goals. I have got the Brentford game on behind me on silence. So if I do see a goal, forgive me if I shout if it's Tony. But we'll keep updated with that. But we'll go into a few key points. And the first one, we've got to start really at Bournemouth. Tyndall, he's been sacked. Not really surprising because I think I put in the group chat, didn't I? soon as the full-time whistle went, he'll be gone by the weekend, he has. Um, so it's now thinking, who's going to replace him? Woodgate's going to take charge of the Birmingham game at the weekend. Um, but from their statement, they have said they are looking to recruit externally. So that does probably indicate that Woodgate won't get full-time and they will recruit someone in. So, Dan, we'll start with you. Who do you think would be a good fit? It's hard, isn't it? Because um, Bournemouth, obviously, a, a parachute payment side, they need to go up um, as soon as possible. Obviously, they've got high wages. Um, capacity is not the biggest either. Obviously, COVID's here, but it does, obviously, it's still not the biggest. Um, so, so, really, every year they're down. It's going to get harder and harder for them to go up. Um, 
obviously I've, I've looked at the bookmakers odds. I think Terry and Lampard are up there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've seen Lampard in, in the championship before with Derby. Obviously, he had Mason Mount. He had Harry Wilson, Tamore. To obviously the Chelsea lads to, to Premiership quality. If he comes in to Bournemouth, obviously, you could argue maybe the best squad in the league. Um, I think obviously the the main reason why I feel like they've just not done as well is they've got no style of play um no identity um I think if you look at the teams that are doing really well um Norwich Brentford Swansea even Reading they all have a style of play that you associate with that team um whereas Bournemouth how many times do they change formation how many times do they change uh, players is Alan Smith playing left wing back, back or right back, left back? Is Kelly playing left back or centre back? Are they playing Dan Juma or uh, Solanke or Brooks? It's a complete up mess. He, he didn't know what he was doing, people. It's the right decision. Um, they need to appoint someone in quick, but they've got to get the right appointment, otherwise, they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I don't know what you uh, feel, Angus. Um, most of the time, particularly looking at the bookies odds, obviously to, uh, see who's in line. Uh, my first reaction was to laugh. Um, I love the idea of, uh, them sort of staking their future on someone like John Terry. Um, I mean, there's always the chance John Terry might just whack the kit on and play himself. So, uh, that would be entertaining to see, uh, Lampard, you know, is he really? really going to go to Bournemouth after just leaving Chelsea doesn't really make sense to me I mean I've seen a couple of people joking about even Eddie Howe coming back Um, I don't think that would really be the answer Um, I think in the end they'll probably go for one of these guys that sort of gets named for a lot of these jobs someone like a a Danny Cowley Um, maybe someone like a Paul Cook someone who's sort of available and waiting almost yeah uh, to, to be honest as uh, a Luton fan of obviously Luton have played against the Cowleys um, quite often coming up the league obviously we played against Lincoln a few times and they definitely have a style I know with Huddersfield they were very defensive but what you got to realise is they came into a club that were bottom of the table and their job was to survive and at the end of the day they, they did that um so, yeah, Cowley's all right. Paul Cook, obviously, what a job he did with Wigan last season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think another issue, I, I've been looking at big chances created and conceded um, in the last six, and Bournemouth were second bottom, 14 big chances. Um, the only team below them was Wickham, and... They're probably only below them because they got battered 7-2 by Brentford where they conceded eight big chances. So, so this was... It's not like they're getting unlucky. They were rightfully losing these games. Um, as a Luton uh, older team to get hold of, I've seen... We've played them twice in about two months. And they didn't beat us either time. I know, I know Lerma got sent off in the second game. But they, they're definitely not as good as the other teams in the playoffs, in, in my opinion. So they were right to sack the manager. Um, and now we just wait and see what happens. This is quite funny you both mentioned Paul Cook because I messaged him, our friend of the podcast, Claxton. He's um, a Bournemouth fan. And I just basically gave him a quick message just saying, can I get your opinion on Tyndall going? Um, who do you want as the next manager? and who could be the best um, fancy assets under the new manager going forward. And he basically, just to sum up what he said to me, it was quite a long message. Um, he wasn't shocked. It was the right decision that Tyndall went. Um, he personally would like someone with more experience in charge. So he mentioned Paul Cook and Nigel Pearson um, rather than Terry or Lampard because he thinks they're going to need someone to get them in shape. Um, in regards to assets... He says it's probably best to wait just to see who comes in. 
see who plays, but people like um, Raquel May, who didn't play under Tyndall, could get a chance. Um, they brought Shane Long in. He could give a go up top because you mentioned it, Dan. I mentioned it last week on the podcast. You don't know what you're getting with Bournemouth. Are they playing five at the back? Are they playing four? Um, they rotate the defence quite heavily, which I don't like. I like a concrete back four, really, if I'm honest. And then, you know, Stanislas or Brooks would be on the bench. Solanke started a lot of the games, but he's disappointed me. It's not like he hasn't been having the chances. He has been getting chances, just not putting them away. So I think a new manager is what they need. They are probably arguably the best side in the league on paper. I think whoever comes in, they're never seen a good squad. But like I said, they do need to go up really because it's a small stage and you know the gate receipts aren't big. And if they don't go up, your players, you've got good players who will get cherry picked from the Premier League, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, yeah. I think it's like, you know, Solanke, Brooks. I mean, people thought Brooks would go right away, you yeah. know, once he'd sort of proved his fitness again, but obviously he's stuck around. I mean, we've seen Josh King go. I don't think, you know, he hasn't done much this season. It looked like they were counting down the days and he was counting down the days till he left. So, um, but you can see right through the squad guys who will sort of be picked off if they don't go up right away. I, I think um, the problem is, Obviously, we've probably all watched Bournemouth numerous times through TV or against our own team. I know they've brought in Wiltshire, but who? And they haven't always been playing a number ten. But they they need a number ten who's who's going to create or or break down these teams with low block. There's a lot of defensive teams in this league, mm. and um, I, I feel like there was a period when I think they beat. Um, Barnsley and Huddersfield quite comfortably, but those teams they attack, they would have attacked Bournemouth. It's when you're coming up against Birmingham or Wickham or or, or even Middlesbrough or Cardiff or or just defensive teams, they need to have a better plan because you can't just rely on Weldies from thirty yards from Brooks or Danjumi. You need to be you need to be better to get out out of this league. It's why it surprised me that they brought um, Ben Pearson from Preston because I rate him, but I just didn't think they needed that kind of player. Like you said, a number 10. if Because they haven't played with a number 10, really. It's been a front three, um, anti at times. They've had no one in that role. When Brooks first come back from his injury, can't remember who it was against, it was on Sky, and he looked incredible. And then he'd gone back to the right-hand side, Dan Juma's come back in the team from injury now. He's gone on to the left. And like I said, yeah, a number 10. But wrapping up on Bournemouth, whoever comes in, we know they've got a good squad. But in terms of fantasy, who do you think could be good assets? I mean, there's questions which I'll get to, but should we be keeping Solanke, um, Brooks, Dan Juma, any of the defensive options? Who would you be looking at going forward? I'll start with you, Dan. Well, I'm currently got two two players, um, Brooks and Solanke. Uh, for a while, I had a defender, but uh, like you said, you just you just can't pick who's going to pick in defence. And also with the stat about conceding 14 big chances, get away from their defence until you um, you know who's coming and what formation and what team they're going to pick. Uh, Solanke. I think he's got to go. I think, obviously, for me, I don't have Zhao. Um, I've got to, I've got to get Zhao. I think he's Zhao's the best striker in the league, so I need to get him. So Solanke's going, but there's also plenty of other strikers for me going forward. I think Tony and Zhao have have to be in the team. Yeah, and it, I think you can rotate the third one. We've been saying it the season. Um, uh, obviously, Slanky's still an option. You've got Pookie, um, even Austin. Um, Kiefer Moore's done me brilliantly the couple of times I've had him in. So there's options. So And obviously, uh, with Brooks and Dan Juma, I think they're valued pretty well. So if you hold on to them, I don't think you'll be doing yourself that. 
any harm, to be honest. They're still good players. They're going to play. That's why I think. I don't know about you, Angus. Uh, so I, I've had a number of Bournemouth players throughout the season. And, you know, aside from Dan Juma, who I held forever, I've probably had quite a quick trigger on getting rid of the likes of Brooks. I had Adam Smith briefly. Um, but the one I've had the whole season is Solanke. Um, and while I think the managerial change could actually be good for him, I'm in the same boat in that uh, I am almost certainly losing Dominic Solanke this week. So um, obviously it's for other people to make their decisions and I don't think it would be the worst thing for him. But like for, for me now, it's a case of sort of selling him and moving on. Yeah, I'm on that boat. Um, I need to get rid of Slanky. I've got Jao and Tony, so it's who to bring in. But my problem at the moment is Buendia suspended for 28 um, and I'm going to overall in 29. So I'd, I'd rather just use a transfer on Buendia and get someone playing. And then Slanky will be packing his bags for 29. I can't justify having him in there where I could have Adam Armstrong, who's got a good run of fixtures coming up. Keith and Moore, I'm a big fan of, um, who Dan's got. So I've got a decision to make there. But to summarise, then with Bournemouth, just before we move on, if you've got Bournemouth assets, would you be holding for now other than Solanke or get rid and then bring them back in if they hit form under the new manager? Angus, start with you. Uh, I missed that. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Bournemouth assets, would you advise the listeners to get rid now? Um, apart from Slanky, obviously we spoke about him. Or would you say hold them? Yeah. Um, I think part of it, I mean, it depends particularly, obviously, with the price rises on how long you've had them. Um, but I think it depends on which ones you've got. If you've got some of the higher priced ones, I would say sell. Yeah. Um, Brooks is the only one I'd probably be inclined to hold. Uh, Dan Juma's cheaper, so that's not so bad. But someone like if you've got, say, even someone like Stanislas or some of the more expensive defenders like Smith, I would be saying probably at least for the moment sell. And then if you see something you like, you can always go back to them. Would you agree, Dan? Like we said, Slanky for me has to go. Um, and that, as I said earlier on in the pod, 14 big chances conceded. You don't know who's going to play in defence. For me, I'd get off the defence. Not not saying all season, but just wait and see what happens. And midfield, I think you can keep. I think you can keep the midfielders. I'm, well, I'm, I'll probably keep Brooks anyway. So the next topic then is um, the late playoff push. So with January transfer window shut now, teams have added to the team squad. Sorry, um, good players have come in. I thought. I'd ask you both to pick a team who you think, let's not say performed badly, but not performed as high as we thought they would, who could make a late push for the playoffs, similar to how Villa did, Derby, um, very nearly did last year. So I'll start with you, Angus. Who do you think could get themselves in the top six? Um, it feels slightly obvious at the moment, given that they're sitting at eighth, but the, the team I keep coming back to with this is Blackburn. Yeah. Um, Particularly, sort of with the with the goals uh, that they've got in the team, I think that makes a big difference with Armstrong. I think you know the way Elliot has hit the ground running has made a big difference, um, and it just feels like they're getting to sort of a good point where they could really make a push, sort of upwards, you know, into the playoff spots, sort of down the stretch. What about you, Dan? Um, I've gone for Middlesbrough, um, and I think. You look at the business they did, Velasti, Mendes Lang, Cabano, Fisher, Fletcher's getting back to full fitness. Um, also, Warnock's been there, done it. I think I, th- I think you've got to go Middlesbrough. Yeah, I, I agree with you both. When I had a look at it myself, um, I was drawn to Cardiff. I feel they could push on in the second half of the season. I know we've been into the second half. I thought they brought in a few good players. I, really, I didn't know they signed Johnny Williams till today. And he's a really good player. I remember I went to Charlton first game of the season last year and he ran the show against us. He was really, really good. 
Um, they brought in Perry Ing, I think. NG or Ing, I don't know how you say it from Korea. It's NG, I think. NG, yeah, he's playing right yeah. wing back. Um, but I don't, it's 11 points. I know they can make that up, but I don't think they'll get top six. I do personally think it'll be the six that are in there now, come the end. But I think if anybody is going to do it, it'd be either Middlesbrough, Blackburn or Stoke. It'd be one of them three. Um, that's not a bias towards Stoke. I'd be more inclined to say that they we're not good enough for it. Um, but I can't argue with your two shouts with Middlesbrough and Blackburn. Um, regarding Blackburn, Angus, you mentioned Armstrong and Elliot. Um, they brought in two defenders, which will just go in front of them. They've got Braithwaite on loan, who came in the other week. And they've got um, Harwood Ballas from Man City's under 23s. So they strengthened the defence, which was their issue. The goal scoring wasn't. So, do you think any of them could be good options? I mean, how many Blackburn players do you own now? Uh, so, it's just Adam Armstrong. I had Harvey Elliott for a while. Yeah. Um, I got rid, and I've probably been punished for getting rid because he just keeps ticking over. Um, I've noticed even if he's not scoring, he's sort of regularly getting sort of the, the bonus points. Um Brantway, I haven't seen enough of the, the, the kid they brought in from Everton, aside from him trying to uh, rearrange Dale Fry's face. <laughs> um, Harwood Bellis, I know he's been highly thought of. He's been on City's bench a number of times this season. So he's one that I think I'll have I'll have my eye on. Um, but I also think the, the defensive additions possibly add to the value of someone like Barry Douglas as well. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what it might lead me to sort of actually going for Douglas via those other additions. Yeah, I can see you logic and I agree there completely. I don't, I've got no Blackburn at all at the moment. Um, I'm probably going to go to Armstrong soon. Um, but I want to see him defensively. Um, they've improved defensively over the last few weeks. If they can keep that going, there's some good value in there. Um, regarding Middlesbrough, Dan, I know um, obviously Rob's a Middlesbrough fan, so we're quite up to date on the Middlesbrough team, but who catches your eye there from a fantasy point of view? Uh, before I go on to Middlesbrough, if I could just um, um, say my view on Blackburn. Obviously, yeah. Luton just lost to uh, Blackburn um, last last week, so I, I saw uh, Bramthwaite and, and the overall team. Um, obviously, we know they're good going forward. They didn't quite click against Luton. Um, they scored basically because Luton switched off for a quick free kick. Um, Bramfway is is young. You can see he's young, and I think he can probably get rattled. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he, he if he stays in the team. Um, but yeah, we we know how good they are going forward. Um, like I said, the the information I looked at about big. Chances conceded in the last six. They conceded six big chances, so that that's pretty good. That the average is probably eight or nine. So, yeah, I th- they're doing well, and obviously they've created nine big chances. So maybe slightly down on what they were at, at the start, but I think teams are probably sitting back more against them. Uh, move, moving on to Middlesbrough. Um, it's hard because they haven't priced all the players up quite yet. Um, but obviously you've got Balassi, 7 million. Obviously that's in the range of Brooks and a lot, a lot, a lot Houlihan, uh, a lot of good, um, good, good players at 7 million. So a good price point. Um, we've seen him doing really well in, in the premiership and previous. And if he, if he becomes fit, we, we know how Warnock's going to play. He's going to go down the wings, crosses, and Belasti on his day is probably going to be one of the best players in this league. Um, and obviously Fletcher's 6.8 million. Obviously he's, he's missed um, well, pretty much the whole season. So 6.8, as as I said earlier on, the third uh, striker spot is all for me is going to be rotational. So 6.8 could be an option. And then, like I said, Mendes Lang and Cabana haven't been added yet. And obviously. If they get back to anywhere near um, the solidity at the back, then there's plenty of cheap options in defence. So. But as you said, Rob, Rob, Rob's the guy to ask about Middlesbrough. Just, that's who I think could, 
Yeah. On. It's good shout. I haven't owned any Middlesbrough at all this season. There was a time where I wanted to get on, but I had other fires to put out, so I missed out um, on all the points. And then they had a little downward spiral, so I was quite thankful, but I'll be keeping an eye on them. I think I mentioned it to Rob last week on the pod. My strategy at the moment for my overall is just pile my defence with the top four teams, Norwich, Swansea, um, Brentford and Reading. And then I have a rotating defender around them. So like a Middlesbrough defender, maybe a Blackburn, Stoke, Carter, if Michael Mar- uh, Morrison, maybe. Um, Sean Morrison, sorry, not Michael. And then, then just do that. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, next topic, um, January signings. So obviously the transfer window is just short. I wanted to do a bit on the signings. I asked you both to pick out a defender, a midfielder and a forward who signed in January who you think could be a good asset going forward in Gaffer. So I'll start with you, Angus. Who did you choose as your defender? Um, so the defender was probably the toughest part. Yeah. Um, I've gone for Jan Valerie. I don't love it, but like <laughs> one thing about Valerie, he's not the best defensively, but his value is sort of in going forward. So it's just that sort of thought with Birmingham having been sort of pretty decent defensively, that if you've got a defender who then can get some sort of attacking returns, that feels like sort of the, the best way to go. There weren't sort of many others that really sort of jumped out to me. So so I plumped for Jan Valerie in the end. I can see why you did that. I'll get on to that in a minute. Danny, did you pick? Um go so I've picked I've picked a name I can't pronounce is the uh, Greek left back from who's just signed for Norwich. Don't ask yeah. me. <laughs> oh God! I should have picked. I didn't pick, think this through. I should have gone for Valerie. Um, <laughs> but Giannios or something like that. Uh, he's six point five. Obviously, it's expensive, but we, we know how Norwich are going to play down the wings. What you've got to look, do is look at Aaron's. I think Aaron's is seven point two, and if they. If he's attacking as Aaron, he's going to create chances. So that's who I've gone for. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have picked him just so I didn't have to try to say his name. <laughs> um, I had a look when I asked you. I had a look myself and I agree with Angus. It was quite hard to pick a defender out of the new signings. I had Valerie down there because I do like having a Birmingham defensive asset in there. I've had Colin in quite a lot. George Friends, obviously really cheap. I agree with Angus, Valerie's attacking ability could, depending on his price, he could become a good asset. I had um, Perry NG, who's gone Cardiff, because I believe they'll price him really cheap considering he come from Crew. Um, and then I also just put down Rolando Aaron's Oddersfield just on the basis he's five million and he's playing in the front three, isn't he? Um, I think we got the positioning wrong um, on that one, so... He's not on my radar, I'll be honest, but I think a lot of the listeners do like an out-of-position player. And it's not like he's just playing left wing. He's literally playing in the front three, so he's one to watch. Um, midfielders, who did you go for for midfielders, Angus? Um, so, so, assuming he will be a midfielder, I went for uh, Naiskins Cabano. Oh, OK. Uh, going to Borough. Obviously, like... It's a bit of a difficult one at Borough because they haven't been in the best form and there has been a bit of rotation there. Um, But I, last season and this season, um, I've ended up watching quite a lot of Fulham and I thought particularly last season, Cabano was quite good for Fulham in their promotion push. Um, Scored a few at set pieces, which if he then manages to get on them at Borough will obviously be a boost as well. Um, So I thought that uh, Cabano could be a good shout uh, moving forward. That's really interesting because I, I don't know a lot about him, I'll be honest, so I'll end up keeping an eye on him now. Um, Dan, what about you? Who did you pick for midfield? I picked Tom Ince. Now, oh, I know God. what you're going to say. What did I tell oh, you earlier on? <laughs> hold on, listen up. So, obviously, he signed for Lewin and yeah. I... I haven't checked his price all season. Why would you? He hasn't played. And I couldn't believe he's 4.4 million. Now, he's going to play for Lewin. He's going to play probably 
80% of the games because, let's be fair, he's going to be probably our best player. So he's going to have guaranteed start time. He's probably going to be on every set piece coming for him. And we do have a goal scorer in Colin. He's not scored as many, but that's mainly because we've not created as many chances for him this season. So at 4.4 million, with a lot of a lot of people looking for overhauls, I, I think that's going to be the best fifth choice midfielder in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the sound of a man who's never coming on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Ince, when we signed him, I was so excited because after we'd just gone down, he was a proven championship player, a really good championship player, in fact. Probably one of the best in the league. Really excited. And I don't know what happened at Stoke. A lot of things happened at Stoke where they killed good players, but um, we won't, that's a completely different podcast, that one is. But um, Tom Ince, he is so frustrating. I, I know he is, but we think is he's 4.4 million. And you're not going to get, for example, Lewis Wing, who's gone from Middlesbrough to Rotherham, is closest to six million. He's four point four million for a for a fifth def- uh, midfielder who's going to play and probably be on every set piece. Even if he he doesn't do overly great, he's going to play uh, appearance points and he'll, he will create some chances. How much was he again? Sorry, four point four million. So, listeners, if you want a fifth midfielder at 4.4, he walks on the pitch with his hands on his hips. This is the man to get. <laughs> is oh, is it? I'm not even going to get into it. Um, I'm going to sit back and hope that he does well for you. You never know. Cause is he, it's alone anyway, isn't he? So, he might find yeah. his form and come back a better player. So, it'll benefit me, but oh, I'd rather not get into him. Um, midfielders, I haven't chosen one. I just had a quick look through the midfielders just a few suggestions for the listeners I like Godos at Brentford he's played well again tonight from what I've seen of the first half he's 5.8 million um, Johnny Williams at Cardiff now I don't think he'll be a brilliant um, asset himself but he'll bring creativity for the likes of Moore Harry Wilson and stuff Yannick Bolassi obviously we know he's talented he hasn't played in a long time can he find his form? If he does, he'll be a good option. Um, I didn't realise till today that Anthony Gordon, he's gone from Everton to Preston, isn't it? On loan. He looks a good player from what I've seen at Everton. Um, Hurahan at Swansea's already showed he's going to be a good asset. He's on 17 points already. Um, Jordan Morris has gone to Swansea on loan. I don't know if he's going to be classed as a striker or midfielder. Um, I have a feeling he might be a forward. And that's when I played MLS fantasy last year. Oh, he was a beast. He was amazing. So if he could find form. And then there's Zinknagel, who I know nothing about from the Norwegian fantasy. I didn't play that, but his numbers are unreal. So if he could find form, he'd be good. Um, Unfortunately, he's playing for Watford, though. So. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, forwards, Angus, who did you choose as your forwards? Um, so, you know, naturally, I had a, a long look at uh, Glenn Murray going to Forest. Yeah. Uh, Shane Long going to Bournemouth. <laughs> um, the one I've ended up with is Sam Cosgrove going to Birmingham. Again, I don't love Birmingham. They need to show me much more in attack. Um, but I've watched quite a lot of SPL football, which is quite sad to say out loud. But um <laughs> Sam Cosgrove, particularly over the last year or two, has been a really good player. Um, and he's, he's, he's got goals in him. He's sort of big, strong forward who will, who will get goals. So I think if, if Birmingham can sort of pick it up a little bit in attack, he's someone who could chip in with a few goals um, now that he's moved there. Yeah, I started Scottish in fantasy at the beginning of the season. I played for about two weeks and gave up. But I did quite a bit of research in pre-season because I was planning on taking it serious. And Cosgrove was the name that kept coming up as the alternative to your Rangers and Celtic, but even matching the forwards there. Um, I'm not surprised he's come to the Championship, but I'm quite surprised it's Birmingham, if I'm honest. Um, But yeah, I'm interested to see how he goes there. 
I also had Shane Long and Murray with Cosgrove on my list as well as Charlie Austin, but there wasn't many. What about you, Danny? Did you end up picking? It, it has to be Charlie Austin. Proven records. Uh, QPR is attacking. They are the second highest big chances in the last six with 13. Obviously, Brentford ahead. Um it has to be Charlie Austin. Even if even if you just look at um, since, since the four games Charlie Austin have played, it's eight big chances. They're creating two big chances a game at this level. Charlie Austin is going to score. He'll probably he'll probably score ten goals in the second half of the season. So at seven point five, he's definitely an option. So that surprised me with the stat there with QPR because. Initially, when I think of QPR, I just write them off in my head. I just think poor. Um, that's quite interesting. So he's one to keep an eye on. Obviously, we all know enough about him to know he can score goals, especially in this league. Um, it's just the I need to get over the fact that it's QPR it's to be put off by that because look at Chair, for example. I haven't seen him at all this year, and he's been great value for his price, hasn't he? Yeah, like I said, I I couldn't believe it had been thirteen big chances, but I, they are quite attacking. I think I think they've gone change formation to three at the back. Um, obviously, they've got rid of uh, Bright Samuel, but chairs in if he if um, Landon Dykes plays up front with with, with Charlie Austin, their fullbacks going to get whipped in. I I just, I just think he's going to get. So many chances. He's going to be on penalties as well. I'll be shocked if he if he, if he stays fit. He's, he's definitely going to get eight to ten goals. Definitely. Interesting. So that's a wrap up then on the new additions who have joined in January. Um, we'll look ahead now to game week twenty eight, which starts Friday night. Uh, Swansea Norwich, isn't it? Um, so basically, just nothing in depth. Just who you think? Have you got any transfer plans? Um, your captain choices, are you playing boost, anything like that? Angus, we'll, as your world number four, I think everybody wants to hear what you're going to do. Uh, have you got any plans for 28 yet? Um, so, as I said before, I am very much looking at Dominic Solanke out, and that's because, particularly with the double, I need to get Lucas Shaw in. Yes. Um, Coming into this game week, I was sort of looking at it as Armstrong or Solanke out for Zhao. Um, it would definitely be Solanke now, particularly with sort of Armstrong getting on the board um, at the weekend. There's the possibility that I'll sort of look at someone like Elise as well. Um, but I think the only thing that I've sort of got set in my mind at the moment is Zhao in for uh, Solanke. And then, have you got any boosts left? No. So I'd already used uh, park the bus and multi captain, and then this week playing Goldfest. That was the last one. So it's going to come down then to um, it's obviously out of the two, but who are you going to captain out the two? Uh, so I still think it's going to be Tony okay. with the vice on Joao, um, but. There's plenty of time for me to change that back and forth before the game week. I'd love to see ownership stats because if you haven't got Tony and Joe for this weekend, you are very, very brave and you could get really, really punished, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, Dan, what about you? What are your plans? It has to, it has to be the same same transfer. Slanky out, Joe. Amazingly, I've not had Joe the whole season. I, I don't know what I've been doing. But, and, and I actually think he's the best striker in the league. So, Zhao is definitely coming in. Um, I've got Sorensen at the back of Brentford. I, I think Brentford, you need three players. But with, with the Reed um, signing, he, he, he's going to get replaced, Sorensen. So, he's definitely um, one I'm looking to get rid of. Uh, don't have the overhaul, so... Might just bench him or, or take a minus four. Captain and vice captain. This captain's going to be Tony, but I might do vice captain Keeper Moore. Wow. 
I wasn't expecting that, considering obviously Reading have got the double. It seems like mandatory you've got to go Brentford and Reading. Cardiff had the double as well, I think. Of course they do, of course, yeah. Because it goes well into mine, because my plan is Buendia to Harry Wilson because of the double, because I'm going overall anyway. And I was just looking at the midfielders, really, because I've got Jao already and Tony. Um, so I was looking at midfielders. I've already got Canas. I'm tripled up on Brentford. I've only got Jao at Reading, because I got rid of Elise the other week. But I don't fancy him, because um, really, effectively, a one-week punt, because I'm going overall in 29. And I just think Harry Wilson's has got that ceiling to cause damage. Um, so I'm going that, but I'll be playing... Captain Fantastic, I think it is. I get mixed up with the boosts. Um, basically, triple captain and double captain for your vice. And it's, um, but I think I'll be going Jawas captain, Tony as vice. Um, that could hurt me, but we'll see. But I know there's gonna there's a lot of people who are going to be putting the captain Fantastic this weekend. So, and it just seems daft not to do it. It's the most logical thing to do, isn't it? I don't get me wrong, you're not guaranteed points from it, but you'd be brave I, I, not to do it. I think what's interesting is Brentford and Reading play each other. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what's edging me, maybe uh, vice captain on Keith and Moore. I think they've got Bristol, is it Bristol City and. Um, sorry, I should really have looked. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, no. Bristol, Bristol City, City and Rotherham. Oh, that yeah. Rotherham game, isn't it? Saying that though, Rotherham have picked up, so that's because I deleted them. So I kind of jinx seems I get them going. They obviously play the podcast in the changing room before the games, and then it gets them going. So, um, well, other than Wickham, but we're not going to go into Wickham because I slate them a bit too much on this podcast. So we'll leave that one there. Um, so yeah, so obviously that's what you're doing, 28, just to wrap a little preview of 28 up. Is there anybody who you haven't got or you won't have you think could have a good game week? I'm personally looking at Blackburn. They've got QPR away. Armstrong could cause damage there. What about you, Angus? Um, obviously, having Armstrong, but looking at that Blackburn, Harvey Elliott was one that jumped out to me. And particularly being on no Cardiff, uh, someone who I had earlier in the season is uh, Sean Morrison with that, with that double, I think could do well, particularly if he gets sort of like something going forward as well. I think there could be the defensive returns to go with it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Sean Morrison. I really like him. He's an absolute animal in there. I mean, Keith and Moore should be illegal for them to be allowed in the same penalty box. Cause you can imagine marking one of them two. It's just not good as it's, um, I completely agree with you there, Angus. What about you, Dan? Anybody caught your eye? Um, I picked down three three teams, Brentford, Blackburn and Cardiff. I can't say it enough. Brentford, you have to have three players. Have to. They're good going forward and they're one of the best defences in the league. You have to have three players. Um, Blackburn, I don't have anyone. Um, don't think I'll be getting Armstrong. Might get a midfielder, but like I said, I'll it'll it'll be for a minus. But they do have good fixtures and Cardiff. I've got Keeper Moore. I think that'll probably be enough, just because if it's going to score, Keeper Moore's going to be involved. In. Yeah, and that's my think of Wilson. Um, fully aware Moore could outscore him, but I'd like to think Harry Wilson's going to be involved in. A lot of the goals, especially from set pieces. I like Watford's fixture. They've got Coventry away. Um, but Watford, uh, you don't really know what you're getting, do you? No, I mean, I've I've had... I finally got rid of him this week, actually, but I had Zinkenagel for a few weeks. And each week I kept thinking, OK, this will be the week he starts, this will be the week he starts. And it's never been. And I think unless you're willing to... I mean, there's, there's Sarah, or unless you're willing to pay to go up to someone like Troy Deeney because um, they'll get another penalty, of course. Um, then aside from getting the right defenders, there's, I don't see the sort of like the, 
it's more difficult to get a Watford player in and sort of be comfortable with it. Yeah, I completely agree. Watford are going to be one of them where I don't think I'll end up going to unless somebody gets big form. But I'm going to be wary of them every weekend, not owning the player, knowing full well they can hurt you any in any game really, can't they? But they don't. I don't enjoy owning them. I had Dini for about three weeks just before Christmas. I got a penalty out of him. Surprise, surprise! Um, but then I got a bench in and a blank. And it's just no, it's not for me. Um, so we've got some listeners' questions then. Um, I was quite scared at one point throughout the day. I didn't think anybody was going to um, ask any questions, but they came through in the end. So the first one's for you, Angus. It's from FPL Fish, and he's put Slanky to Armstrong, worth it, best player position if you were to overall right now. So you got a nice, interesting question. Yeah, so I think, obviously we've discussed it, but I think I would have to say that Armstrong to Solanke is worth it. I mean, Armstrong sort of, we can say he's back in form now because he's got because he's got a goal. But I think, particularly until you see how it goes with Bournemouth, I think it's sort of like a sell, and then you can always go back um, as and when Solanke sort of picks it up. Um, in terms of a player per position, I think. Certainly up, up front, I'd still be looking at Tony, but I think you could say Tony or Zhao. Yeah. Uh, midfield, I'd probably say Harvey Elliott. Oh, interesting. Uh, defender, I'd probably actually say Toffolo. Uh, I know oh. they've had a bit of a downward turn, but looking sort of next up... Uh, not wanting to be disparaging about Luton, but they've got Luton, Wickham and Borough in their next three. Um, so it would be him or uh, the other shout would be Morrison. That's interesting. I wasn't expecting two of them answers because um, I've got Toffolo now and I am probably going to get rid. Um, so that's quite interesting. I love Dan's face when um, if you see anything about Luton. <laughs> if the listeners could see his face. Uh, <laughs> we'll go to the next question. This one's going to be for you, um, Dan. And this is from Angus's friend. Angus definitely wasn't asking a question for himself. <laughs> um, he will be the next Bournemouth manager and will it be John Terry? Um, so we discussed it a little bit at the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we've discussed it. Um, I think it's a massive risk going John Terry. As I said earlier, Bournemouth need to go. They need to go up this season. Every, every year they're down in this division, they basically just become a normal Championship side. So I, it's really hard. But they do normally go for young managers. Eddie Howe. They obviously gave the job to Tindall. So I wouldn't rule it out. But I, th- I think you've got to go proven Championship manager. If you were John Terry, would you take the job? Because, yes, it's attractive in terms of they've probably got the best squad in the league. But like you said, there's pressure to go up. If he doesn't get them up, is that his reputation took a massive dent even before he started anywhere? Well, I, th- I think he'd take it. I think he, wa- he wants to become a manager. The reason why he's been at Villa is to learn as assistant manager. Um, so I think it, I think he would take it, and the, where they are now, I think as long as he got in the playoffs, that would pro- it, he'd probably he'd probably get another season. Um, so yeah, as long as he got in the playoffs, even if they didn't go up, he'd still be within the job next year. Okay, Angus, next one. Um, I think Perry Allen or Perry Allen. Sorry if I've butchered your name. Um, he has put, Solanke seems a big conference player. Do you think this managerial change and the lack of team form will affect him going forward? So, obviously, we spoke about replacing Solanke and stuff, but how do you think he'll react, as in playing-wise, to a new manager coming in? I think I think it would probably help him. I think, you know, there, there is that, that element of, you know, Solanke being a confidence player and 
there's so little comp there was so little confidence in the team as a whole you know particularly different systems every game different lineups every game so i think you know you'd think someone would come in with a more concentrated idea and a sort of more focused lineup to try and get everyone going again and particularly like it's obvious that to get one of the keys to get bournemouth going again is to get solanke going again so i think you know it would probably help uh that being said it still doesn't persuade me that i shouldn't sell so <laughs> there is that yeah completely agree um dan one for you is from nick griffith He's put given Cardi's upcoming good fixture on. Which of their assets do you find most appealing? So we know you've got Kiefer Moore, obviously. It's definitely Kiefer Moore. Um, obviously, they've got good fixtures. Harry Wilson, obviously, he's goals and assists. He's definitely an option as well. Um, if McCarthy can sort out the defence, you've got Morrison. I think Aidan Flint has even been playing and we know in previous seasons he, he can score goals as well from set pieces. So, and obviously Perry Ng, our crew attacking attacking fullbacks. So, if they, I think they might have changed the wing backs as well. So, he's he's an option as well. So they've definitely got options. It's just, I think you pro- prioritise more ahead of ahead of any of them to be honest. Yep. Okay. Um... As you can imagine, Bournemouth for the hot topic this week. Uh, so, Angus, another Bournemouth question uh, from Gaffer Guhey. He has put keep or sell Bournemouth assets. So, we've <laughs> probably done this all the way through the pod, haven't we? But I'll let you just summarise it for him. Yeah, so I think, you know, it depends on, like, it also depends on sort of how your team is set up. But I think sort of the, the midfielders, particularly the likes of Dan Juma, certainly a you know, keeps unless you have a particularly sort of glowing option. Solanke, I would probably advise sell. There's enough sort of forwards, particularly with doubles, that it makes sense to sell him. And the defenders, I would definitely sell at this point until you know who's sort of settled in the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, last question then, Dan, it's for you. This is from um, Harry PFAM. And we've kind of covered it earlier on in one of the topics. He's put any players or teams that haven't performed well so far that could kick on for the rest of the season. So what I'll do is I'll open this to both of you. Dan, you go first. But instead of teams, what about players? Is there any players, you know, you thought were going to do really well this year but haven't quite hit the ground running? Do you know what? That's tricky. I think you've got to look at some of the mid-table sides. Um, Obviously, Cardiff um, is one of them. We've gone over them. I think even even Forrest is is an option. I, I think defensively, maybe with Forrest, um, so, yeah, it's really hard. De- but definitely Forrest. Um, yeah, it's, that's a really hard question because I, I think the table's pretty much set. I, I think um, it's a lot of evenly matched teams, especially in mid table. So they're all going to be taking points from each other. But yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say Cardiff and, and, and Middlesbrough as well. I think Middlesbrough will push on as well. So Cardiff, Forest, and Middlesbrough. What about you, Angus? Um, so because I'm apparently taking shots at everyone on the podcast, there's an element of it with Stoke. Uh, Nick Powell's been amazing for me this season. I've had him for most of the season. Um, but apart from that, it, it's felt like they have. Like I thought there would be more sort of you know, decent options from Stoke, and I don't feel like it's really materialised with them. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is someone else who will never be on the <laughs> podcast again. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I completely agree regarding Stoke. And then I think Cardiff, particularly, and I mean, it's it's easy to say someone like you know a, a Preston, but at the same time, I'm not sure who I was really expecting to jump out from Preston. Um, but it felt like there would be sort of better options from Preston than there have been. Yeah, I completely agree because it's easy to go to Cardiff because at the beginning of the season, we're expecting them to be pushing for promotion. They've got the squad on paper. It just hasn't worked under Aris. Um, So obviously we're expecting them to turn it around. When I asked the question and Dan was answering, I I was looking at the league table, just looking who I could suggest. And 
I got drawn to Preston as well. But then I thought, who was I expecting to do well? Um, I think mine would be Pookie. You know, he hasn't been awful, but I'd have hoped for a bit more from Pookie. And Bueno at Brantford. Um, obviously, he's out. He's, he's missed the last two games. I don't know if that's an injury or not. We expected big things from him. Probably more than Tony at the beginning of the season. We thought he was going to be the main man. Um, Swansea, Ayu hasn't probably scored enough as he should. Um, he's another one. Um, Watford, I was saying in pre-season, Ishmael saw he's head and shoulders above everybody in the league. Um, he probably is, but he's not putting the numbers in like you'd expect. And then um, that's about it. I can think off of the top of my head, really. I think I think I've got I think I've got one more team, and I think I'm surprised it didn't say him because I, I should I mentioned it a, lot, a bit earlier about how many chances they were, big chances they were creating. I think I think QPR could go climb the table now. I think um, Austin and Chair are, are decent options. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that. I'll see how they go. They're not on my radar yet. But like you said, if they go on a run, you've got we cut the man. I need to stop being so stubborn regarding some teams. Um, it took me a lot to just bring in one Reverend player for these doubles. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to be bringing in a QPR player for a single. But yeah, so that's. A I mean, I feel like in 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 honour of Rob, I should also mention. Uh, I I didn't think he would do amazingly, but I thought he'd do better. Is um, Andre Gray? Yeah. Well, Rob will be still telling you he's going to bang this week. <laughs> Every single week, he's going to score, he's going to score. Um, yeah, that didn't go to plan for him, did it? Bless him. <laughs> so that wraps basically everything up there from the listeners. Um, I just wanted to just have a, just a quick chat with you about the game while I've got you on the podcast. Um, we'll start with you know the positives. It's a new game. None of us have played before. I know they had a beta, didn't they, at the end of last year. I wasn't aware of that. Um, I found out about in pre-season and I thought, fuck it, why not do a podcast? Um, so regarding with it being a first year game, what have you enjoyed the most, Dan? Um, I've enjoyed it. I've, um, obviously, my team's in the league, so obviously, um, Lou, and it's going to probably take a while for us to get to the Premiership, so it's been quite nice to be able to pick players, even though I've I've only ever picked one player. Um, and also the, with a smaller community, um, it, it's been a, it's been enjoyable, especially on Twitter, to start talking to a few of the lads. You, you get to know which teams people support and things like that. So that, that, that's been, I've enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, that's what I've enjoyed about the game. What about you, Angus? Yeah, I think, you know, it's... You know, without wanting to sort of say like disparage other games, I think there's, you know, particularly the Twitter stuff where there's not sort of the same sort of like, oh, you know, almost needle and sort of bitterness over points and, you know, hashtag points and all of that. I think yeah. that does make a big difference. And, you know, that it's something different, you know, it's sort of like, you know, particularly with things like the different boosts and, you know, the even things like, you know, the vice captain is one and a half and things like that. I think it's, you know, it's made a big difference. It gives you something to sort of think about differently as well. What I've enjoyed most is just learning about the league. So obviously I'm a Stoke fan. This is our third year in there now. And I know the league a bit, but I've always watched the championship from a bubble, let's say. You know, I've got my season tickets. I went away a lot, but I'd, I would only watch Stoke. So I'd see the teams against Stoke. And then, you know, I check the scores on sofa score when I come out the ground and stuff, but I wouldn't watch any other teams where now I'll watch the Saturday lunchtime kickoff over the Premier League. I always watch that. I basically I've only missed a few games this season. I've been on TV. Um, I've enjoyed learning about the league more than anything. You know, before the season started, I wouldn't be able to tell you five players from Rotherham. Playing this, um, I wouldn't say my knowledge is amazing, but it's getting there. And like Dan says, the community is really good. I found myself, I'm not really on FPL Twitter anymore. I don't really engage that much. Um, I'm obviously in, well, you're in there as well, Angus, Planet FPL Slack. Um, that's a really good community. So I get my FPL fix in there. But Gaffer's yeah, definitely. over everything for me. It's, 
it's my number one fantasy game. And I don't know if it's because this is the game I'm doing best at. Um, that might have a major factor in, but I just enjoy doing it. And with me doing the podcast as well, it just gives me more incentive to learn stuff. Um, regarding, well, that's not saying negative, but things we'd like to see, because obviously it's the first year, there's going to be hiccups and there's going to be room for improvements. If you could make one or two improvements, Dan, for next season, what would they be? Uh, yeah, so obviously um, it's the first season, you're going to have teething problems and I think you'll understand that, but I think what, what will be interesting is during pre-season is there's a lot of teams that just change massively. Um, like all the teams that come down, if you add them to the game, they, they lose half the players and then maybe excuse the pricing of certain players. Uh, for example, Dan Juma, maybe, maybe he should be worth a bit more than he is because we thought players were going to stay and things like that. Um, so that, that's one thing. Also, maybe, I know it's, I think it's only um, two guys who've created it, so obviously it's a lot of work, but maybe they need to have like a set um, a set person for each club they go to so they can get positions correct and maybe uh, correct pricing and that. And, and also, um, maybe just they need to, uh, if they can, I know it's hard work, but... Uh, Update the new signings have to be uh, put in put in the game before the next game week, really, if possible. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know Joe listens to the podcast, and I don't think he'd take that the wrong way. Um, yeah. Obviously, the positives outweigh the negatives by a lot. Oh, they created 100%. a great community, a great game, really. It's got so much potential. I do think it's just going to grow and grow. Um I do agree with you in the sense of we need to get the players added quicker because we're invested in the game, us three, our listeners. What I've found with the podcasters every week, we've averaged out now on the listeners that we have. It's the same amount every single week now, where at the beginning of the season, it'd go really high, then it'd drop, and it'd go up and down, where now it's consistently the same number. And I see that as a good thing because it's the same people listening. And I think they'll agree. We're invested, so you know we understand how difficult it is for them. But a casual player who doesn't really know anything about how the game started and stuff like that, they could get frustrated if you know one of the players isn't tidy. But I think that's something they'll definitely work on. Um, Angus, you what? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't have too many sort of negatives almost like I've looked at it as quite a positive thing this year yeah. the bit like the big thing that has been mentioned without wanting to sort of pile on is obviously the player the new signings being added and everything um but I get that you know like you said it's two guys sort of who've set this up sort of brand new this year and everything so you know it is something that is I'm sure is something of a learning process for them as well um apart from that there's, there's not too much that sort of stuck out to me um it's it's really just been that you know wanting to sort of look at the the new pro the price of you guys when they come in and sort of having to wait to do it sort of does become a little bit of a frustration yeah i think it's exciting though because if you look at it where we are with the game right now if you can think of all the things that are going to improve i can imagine over the next few years we'll end up getting player ownership stuff like that and you know just more stats and because it's quite hard to judge, especially with stats in, you know how hard it is to get like team news and stuff like that. So the more information we start getting, I know Whitebeard's doing a brilliant job with his site. Um, I use that. But it'll be good to just have more external stuff to use, if that makes sense. And I think it's only going to grow with more players that join. Um, with it being a new game, I think it'll be marketed a bit more in pre-season as soon as it launches I'm definitely going to contribute that with that for them and um, just try and get more players into the game but yeah overall I've enjoyed it and it's like yourselves we're in a lot of community you two have joined the team in the WhatsApp group so we are constantly just putting stuff in there 
for me to post on the podcast account, really. But even just to wow each other, I mean, you've got yourself, Dan, who's a Luton fan. You're going to know more about Luton news than any of us. If you find something useful, we'll put on there for the community. So it's nice to see people yeah. want to help others as much as it's competitive. You know, obviously, I want to win I, over you two. There's no doubt about it, but it's good that people are there to help each other as well. So, yeah, it's been really good, but we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks for coming on. Obviously, short notice. They only asked you this morning. I just thought I wanted to get something out there before game week 28 on Friday night. Um, thank you for the listeners for listening again. Um, good luck in 28, and I'll see you all next week. Thanks for coming on, Dan and Angus. Great. Great to thank be on. Thank you. Thank you.